0: So I have to introduce a, uh, a new segment here where I, uh, I discover that I've had a little bit too much alcohol and, and I need to, to exit for a minute. So edit this part out.
1: Start the game already!
2: I'd like to petition... Yeah, okay. that we're recording two separate episodes at once. Costume we... change. <laughs> no. No, that's oh. way too much work. No, we just need to think about this one as like a, a nutty after dark. Oh. Cuz we're already like half three sheets by to the time... wind. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, do we want to separate it out into not, not two channels but two I don't know what to call it. It's it's like two shows, right? It's a different show where it's like you've got nutty and nutty after dark. Nah. And we can talk about boobs. <laughs> you know, we can do that we did, anyway. I mean, we did we did a whole whole big long convoluted thing about, you know, being respectful towards women and the, you know, poor treatment they get in the nerd community, and then the very first thing is like boobs are great. I mean, it's true. Boobs are yes, great. Everybody yeah, loves they're... loves boobs. They're life-sustaining. Kudos to women.
2: Cheers. For putting up with us and our shit. Well, you're drinking the same shit.
0: I am drinking the same shit. It is still the same terrible vodka until I get through it. Or start cleaning floors with it. Um, so, yeah. So vodka and, and pink lemonade tonight. It looks like you've, uh, you've
2: opened a new can. I've switched. I'm, I'm, I'm getting daring. I've switched from Summersby apple cider to Strongbow gold apple cider, which tastes almost the same. I mean, it's made from apples,
0: mostly. Are you a fan of Terry Pratchett?
2: Um, I haven't read as much Pratchett as I'd like. Um...
0: You should. What I've read I've enjoyed. The the entire Granny Weatherwax sort of arc of stories is great. Um there's a a character in that called Nanny Og, and Nanny Og makes this thing called I think it's I think it's Nanny Og that makes the apple scumble. Um but it's it's, sort of the tagline for it is it's healthy. It's made from mostly apples you know hmm. and it's it's like 300% proof or something it's like literally it's it's shipped in like ceramic casks because it'll eat through wooden barrels you know it's the kind of thing where you, you you serve it in you know like you've got blacksmith's gloves and you serve it with special tongs and you pour like one drop into like a barrel of water and that's how you serve it you know, and then, you know, somebody has a thimble full of this super dilute stuff and still falls over and, you know, wakes up three weeks later.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's healthy. Uh, it's made from apples.
2: Yeah, the only Pratchett stuff I've really read is the some of the Discworld stuff.
0: Yeah, that's that's where that happens. Yep, I don't remember uh, that. Uh, it's um, there's the witches go on vacation i don't remember the names of most of them the only one i always remember is guards 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 uh which is the beginning of the sam vimes arc which is really worth reading maybe that should be our next our next thing is that we we read a terry pratchett book and talk about his excellent excellent satire
2: we'll put it on the list
0: it's on the list I listen, I'm always I'm always game to go back and read them again. I was as soon as I found one, I read it. I read the stuff he wrote for kids. Um, You know, I I read the stuff that people wrote about him. Just a great, great man. And he is sorely
2: missed. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. So I had an idea sort of spur of the moment just before we were going to record a discussion we can have for this. But before we get into it, I do think we need to just touch base on Baldur's Gate quickly. We do. Uh, I was thinking about this. I used to
1: be an adventurer like you.
0: Stay a while and listen.
2: I, I don't know if you read the YouTube description for, for the last podcast we released, but basically it was like, and then we talked about Baldur's Gate again. Again, for the third time, okay, it's a pretty good game. <laughs> like, so I think this will be the fourth time we're talking about it. I'm sure Ian's sick of it by now. yeah, but
1: this is he only playing? the second
2: time we've recorded since uh you started playing it? No, Ian yeah. is not playing he's He's too snooty for video games. He got into some of them what I know i uh he's there's some that he enjoys honestly he's he's in a new relationship. He's enjoying oh, California, yeah. like...
0: He's too who's, busy who's going time, outside.
2: Yeah, who's got time for for video games when there's, you know, the when beach lo- right there and And, and love's love first blush, and, yeah. yeah. We'll get you playing video games eventually in. Yeah. Probably two weeks after getting you on this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. All right, so, so do you, you have you've had something week-
0: you want to shoot
2: ask the question well you you now are a full week uh ish into Baldur's gate um when last we spoke you were in the middle of your sixth or so attempt at starting the game at least sixth you mentioned that you've been through that goblin compound now so i assume that you've settled on a character so let's start there what are you playing Uh
0: I have settled on a character and it is a uh an Elven Ranger. Um mostly because and I, I, I kinda regret it at times because I want to have a starian in my party and having two sort of stealthy based characters doesn't make sense. I originally rolled the ranger because I wanted to take
2: a starian out of my party, which is a little bit bonkers. Okay, um, so, that, so let's start with party then who who are you tend to default to when you okay. don't have a specific situation that requires a particular,
0: particular um, i one? haven't actually come across a situation that really requires a particular one um i've dabbled with i started off with i have carlock in the party just because she's so much fun mm-hmm. um i had lazelle in the party for the longest time again just because she's Fun to Shadow Heart almost seems like she needs to be in the party, like I'm not sure how you would play through this game without her. I'm sure it's possible, and I think my next playthrough is going to be I'm gonna leave her in the pod and just see what happens. um I imagine that she'll become an enemy of some kind at that point um and I have swapped uh who did I originally have that's That's three. I swapped Laelle out for will. Mm-hmm. um just to see what uh having a warlock would be like uh and i like the warlock except he's it didn't fit with the party makeup very well so i've swapped him out and put gail back in because again Gale gail is just like i think first of all gail approves of everything i do right which says to me like he belongs in my party because he and i are are we share an alignment uh, and and i do find whoever did his voice acting is just awesome um so i think that's probably where i'm going to to sort of stick with uh from here on out uh i have here's a funny thing right like i've i've started six or seven times i have 32 hours into my current playthrough oh wow yeah and um and not only that but after we after we last recorded and if you recall i was i i had a, a a little more alcohol than normal i after we signed off i went and played and i was in i was literally talking to the first sort of goblin leader uh like that's where i loaded in and i did an oops and did a bunch of sneaking around and managed to aggro the entire fort right like i had all three bosses in combat at the same time Uh, (laughs) and i almost pulled it off too (laughs) it was close but then I realized, oh my God, my last save point is where I'm going to bed. <laughs> so I picked it up again today and did it a little bit more strategically, uh, and I did manage to get through that. I just, I, I still have a little bit of cleanup to do, I think, in the fort. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk about is a comment that I saw on the interwebs, uh, where someone said the. Uh, the map makes the world feel small. And it's something that I noticed uh, sort of like at the very beginning of playing through is that like the encounters and the things that you do are very dense on the map, which is kind of a, a departure from previous ways that that uh, video games have done this, right? Like if you go back to the original Baldur's Gate, for example, it's like, you walk around a screen and there's like sort of like a, you know, 16 square by 16 square thing. And then there's, there's like a gate and you go through the gate and you warp to another area. Right. Which is fine. I mean, it's a perfectly uh, valid way of doing it. Uh, But the way that Larian has chosen to do this is to sort of uh, in the other direction. It's like, yeah, there's like, there's 300 feet of road between like the Druid compound and the next encounter. Right? So you don't have to walk very far, but it's the same thing as if you walk through a gate. like pretend that that three hundred feet of, of road is three and a half miles, or 30 miles, or however much, right? it's It's abstracted a little bit. Uh, and I was thinking about this too, as I'm going through the Goblin fort. It's like I, I literally left corpses on the ground and went back and had a long rest. Like I went back to camp and slept for the night and came back the next day. Um, and I think that there, there's – a, and I think I've talked about this too with, with the sort of racing games and driving games where there has to be a balance between realism and the understanding that this is a video game, mm-hmm. right? You can't do all of the things. Like if you were going to do this in real life – and for goodness sake, please don't do this in real life. Like people, people die. Like killing people mm-hmm. and going into a fort and killing people it's a bad idea. It's a bad thing to do. Um, but you would, you would hide those bodies, right? You would clean up after yourself and go, I don't know. Yeah. They were fine when I left them. Right.
2: But just like nobody's first choice of job is being the janitor. Mm-hmm. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game. So there's, there's a couple of things that I want to mention related to that. One, it's a game that's based on a tabletop game. Yes. And talking about the world feeling small and like the spaces between things, um, you know, one encounter to the next feeling small. I mean, the alternative to that isn't appealing. No. Right. Like the gate, you know, the gate changing places, porting to a new room, like that doesn't fundamentally change the equation. Nope. You know, the, the length of time between one encounter and the next doesn't change. So it's more just about a a vibe with the world and you perceive it. But you know what you don't generally do in a tabletop role-playing game?
1: talking about three sessions
2: on the road walking. You don't do yeah. that thing from Wise Man's Fear where you have a group of characters walking through the woods bitching about how wet they are and cold and that they're finding nothing for 72 chapters. Yeah. Because it's a game and that's not fun. Yeah, that's a slog. You're 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 going out of your way to find nits if that's what you're griping. Now I I do fundamentally agree with the uh, idea that yes it does make the world feel small but there's another consideration here first of all this isn't the world this isn't even the continent hell this isn't even like the entirety of the region this is the area around a single city and some of the places directly underneath it you know uh, if you look at the world of Toral, continent of faerun sword coast things like that like the geography works in, in both axes, right? Like you've got your, you the surface of your world. And then you've also got verticality where you've got things like under city under mountain, under dark, several layers of that, you know, mm-hmm. the hells, several layers of those. And while well, they're technically. No, no, the hells aren't in the same physical no, no, space. They're not in the same physical space, but like you, you think of them the same way, right? Sure. Like there's yeah. just, you know, the, the, the I mean, there's nine layers of hell, or nine levels of hell. I mean, it's, it's sort of a Dante-ish kind of thing. But the point is, is like what we're seeing here is just the tiny sort of vignette of Baldur's Gate and what's happening immediately around it. Now, You could then take that argument and say, well, isn't it convenient that all the important things in this world seem to be happening right here? That's why the story happened here. Yeah. Also, there's there's a certain
0: amount of. um, uh, The game's called Baldur's Gate. Like it's I
2: don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, no, and it's it wasn't specifically, I don't think, a complaint, more of an observation. And and, it's, and it's I invalid. generally
2: agree with the observation, but, yeah. you know, it's an observation that you, like if you're focusing on it as being a negative thing, then you're ignoring yeah. the fact that the objective here is to be a game. Yeah, it's squished.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there's there's some of the, the game that I noticed in playing today is that, like, I did the massive encounter of, of like, fighting the sort of last boss in the goblin fort and at one point the initiative and i have i have a a single ultra wide monitor and Mm -hmm. my initiative bar was the whole top of my screen like it was i'm like i was literally waiting three and a half minutes between my characters having a turn as people go dash run dash run beat on the drum call reinforcement dash um and as much as that's a little bit frustrating it is actually kind of cool that that sort of thing happens and also that the the combat happened on like three different levels like there were people in the rafters there was a bunch of us and i had my party split between the main floor and the rafters and there were enemies in the rafters and on the main floor and in a pit below that uh and it it would there were a couple of times where it's like all right it's a little frustrating to target someone in the rafters from the ground floor but at the same time wouldn't it be a little bit frustrating to try and target somebody in the rafters from the ground floor
2: i don't know if we've spoken about it but i definitely talked to uh, one of my coworkers, paul who's also playing and loving the game um one of the things that always comes up with this type of game is the idea of safes coming in whether it's a good thing or not yes and no yes and no uh there's there's Parts of the game where, um, like D&D, like tabletop gaming, the effect of a bad roll or something not going your way can actually make for a much better story in the long run. So yes, I would discourage saves coming for those reasons. But saves coming can also be a game within a game. Like taking that example where, where your initiative tracker was just you know, your whole screen, depending on the type of player you are, that might be the type of thing where it's like, Oh, okay. Well, here's a problem to solve. Now, let me back up and try and figure out how I can chunk this up. How can I, I, you know, I'm not, you're not, you're not significantly changing the narrative, but you're identifying another problem within the game and then using the tool of your saves, to, to to back up and kind of reapproach that problem call it scouting
0: because yeah. most of the most of the time that i've uh reloaded something has been because uh something like there's a couple of times where i've done it for bugs right yeah. i mean
2: it's a it's a big game some it's a complicated or, game you know there's sometimes gonna have, just... you have some sometimes you just get hosed by you know how combat starts right it's conversation your people are in the wrong spot and it's just like oh i'm being shoved into lava like there's just no way around this i gotta back up and position my guys a little bit better and and that's the one thing where like you need to look at those saves quick saves as the fact that as amazing as uh, this game is and and all the effort that's been put into recreating the feel and experience of playing tabletop games the one thing that they can't recreate is a forgiving dungeon master or a dungeon master saying are you sure dungeon master saying are you sure or a dungeon master that's recognizing that you've done something here's the consequences let me work with you to find a solution here Uh, either go back or like you know let's say you 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 aggro that whole big mass of people like that could happen in a game and in in a tabletop game the dm unless they're an asshole isn't going to expect you to combat that out they're going to work with you like they want to you know i would certainly at my table work to create the sense of oh shit you're in very very real trouble but then work with my players to find a creative atypical solution to that problem right Mm-hmm. Like the one thing that you can't do in this game uh, effectively is run away. It's tough. It's possible. It, I have. I have to it. But it's 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 tough. Where you know in a real game, like even if it wasn't feasible, feasible? or plausible, yeah, you know, a DM's going to say, "Oh yeah, you you managed to 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 find a way to to slip out." Without attracting notice. And then you allow your players to come back at that situation a little bit more strategically. And you know, you'll up the stakes, you'll react, you'll, you'll have more guards patrolling because they knew somebody was in here or something like that. Like you're going to react to what they did. But you're not going to overwhelm them because some DMs do though. And, that, and that's I don't yeah. I
0: don't like that kind of game where it's like, well, these, this is what the dice said. So you're all dead and uh, we'll reconvene next week, roll up new characters. Right. No. Like, what's the point? <laughs> and, no Like, are, are we actually playing? And there's some people who enjoy playing like that. If, if you enjoy playing a attack, if that's what the players have signed up for, then that's what yeah. they've signed up for. And that's cool. And to be to be fair, like I did, like as I say, uh, after we finished talking last week, I, I loaded up and, and aggroed the whole fort, and it was it was too much, and yeah. I died. Um, okay. And I went back and and did it again. Now this time I did actually have sort of too many, but I I strateg- mm-hmm. strateg-ized
2: my way through it, um, so and I will spoilers. say spoilers from here on out because we're going to talk about some some stuff this is early in the game but still spoilers um i don't even think it's spoilers it was oh, just more... because i'm gonna i'm gonna talk spoilers here about it okay well um, um,
0: one of the things that i i discovered was that like first of all shove is a little bit op mm-hmm. which is kind of cool and and it was now it is it is not just op on the characters part because i actually had a, a character in my party die from being shoved to their death from full hit points to fully dead by being shoved off a cliff. Fair enough, poor positioning, um, and I, I I rolled with that. Um, I had I went back and resurrected them at camp, uh, but I I uh, did. Was it is it shockwave? No. Um, what's the thing that bards get where it's it's thunderwave? Thunderwave, yeah. Yeah, where it was like, you know, I ran uh, Gale into the middle of a, a pack of things, and it's like, uh-oh, Mage is going to die. Thunderwave, everybody failed. wa bump down into the pit. Yep. And it was like that That took it from a, oh, my God, this is an insurmountable challenge, to, okay, the boss is in the pit. Not my problem anymore, because there's things down there that are going to kill him.
2: Yep. Yeah, that whole goblin compound was interesting for me. So to go back to the original problem, like you can go in and you can end up just staggering the whole thing. Yep. But and the reason why I say there's solutions to this problem and why save scumming is just kind of a tool in this situation. Like you can go, you can talk to one of the three bosses, the 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 woman, and you can sort of work the conversation where she's going to be like, "Hey, follow me to my little chapel-y thingy." Yeah, you know, it's yep. just a like a hole. You end I up did. with her on the own, and, and then you take her out, and then you go in and you deal with the other one basically on their own. After the, the king guy, who isn't the main bad guy, but the king guy, I oh, ran into isn't? a situation. Uh-uh. No, there's the... the so the, the way it works in the Goblin Compound is you have potentially two characters. Priestess. Yeah, there's two characters that you can kind of come away with, depending on if you're playing evil or good. There's uh, Halsin, the druid, who's the bear that you go in and find. And I haven't gotten to him yet. Okay. And then there's uh, a drow woman at the end, Minthara or whatever, who's one of the people you have to kill. And she's she's the most powerful of them. Is that the mistress of the night? Yeah. That- yeah. yeah. She, she was actually pretty easy if you managed was- to get
0: in and... If you get in, talk to her first.
2: Yep. You get in, you talk to her, you basically get her on her own with a couple of ads and you take her out. The King's a little bit more difficult, but what I found is after doing the King, if I backed out into the main area, I immediately aggroed everyone anyway. Mm-hmm. But what I, I, I found it, and what I ended up doing to deal with that situation, because I tried it, I tried it from up in the rafters and I just, on on the medium difficulty setting, I just... It wasn't going well. And I was probably a level early getting into that content. Mm -hmm. So it was particularly challenging. So what I ended up doing is I didn't open the doors after doing the king. And I could fast travel and come back at the compound from outside on that bridge. And I used that bridge (laughs) as a choke point, instantly aggroed everything again. But they were coming at me through the gate. And there's a couple of like mini barricade things yes and ended up taking him out there and that's the game within the game like that to me that's a what? perfectly there's... viable playstyle well sure there's there's a story that you're going through but
0: there's also the tactical aspect of the game i haven't mm-hmm. actually uh, fought my way out by the way i have killed the priestess what's her face i have killed minthara or whatever the the night weaver whatever they called her and i have killed um grognar the the red dude who looks up at the ship as it's crashing in the opening forget what the heck his name is. Um, and then I've rescued uh, Volo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like there's still a cave entrance that I have to go in. Uh, there's still, uh, behind the priestess's place, I killed the ogre lady, and I've opened the portal to the Underdark, but I didn't go through it. Um, and I haven't fought my way out of the rest of the, the goblin compound yet either. Um, but what I did with the the, the big red guy, the king, I think, the guy with the leadership aura, whoever the heck that is, um, is I basically I opened, I closed the doors, I killed the goblins on either side and sort of around the place, so he didn't have as many uh, uh, reinforcements to call. And then I I put I uh, positioned everybody against the wall in the corner by the pit with the two spiders in it. Um, and then I opened the doors with um, oh, what's her name, the barbarian. Starts with a K. Carlack. Carlack. Thank you. Sorry, I just slipped my mind. Uh, She fired an arrow in and then ran back into the corner. So everybody's standing against the wall, and they all come out, right? And I had Gale and my ranger up in the rafters firing arrows and fireballs and grease and ice and various things. And then when they finally did get out there, it was just like push them into the pit. I mean, shove is so OP.
2: Now, they've. It's not something that comes up in my games a lot, like my actual tabletop games. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed in combat that shove seems to be available when I don't think I should have the action cost available to use it. And that's part of what makes it really, really OP. I'll be like, I've used an action. I'm pretty sure I've used my bonus action. And for some reason, I can't jump, but I can still shove
0: shove is a bonus action in in baldur's gate three it's a it's a bonus action and yep. in in the five e rules it is an, it's an action. action yeah yes and it's a good action it's an underutilized action i think mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's it's a little bit more powerful and i have a feeling that there's a nerf coming for it because it does make things a little bit too easy it's i i do i do
2: think that it makes sense for it to be a bonus action mm-hmm. um I don't- I'm going to disagree in that I think it makes things too easy because I mean you're you're not at the point in the game yet, but you will get very quickly to a point where yes, it's easy for you to take advantage of it, but your enemies are going to take advantage of it more and more too, and you're going to be in terrain that really punishes poor positioning, right? And and so I mean it's um,
0: you mentioned you, know, that you were under good for
2: the goose is good for the gander kind of thing and and having having yourself being shoved around is is frustrating that's a whole another layer of tactics and i've most of the times where i've had to resave like go back to a save in combat because i was just hosed by positioning was the result of i engaged in a conversation while i was on a bridge or i Mm -hmm. and and that's perfect perfectly viable you know what like that's that I should have saw That's, that coming. Oh, I'm, I'm standing on the edge of a thing by lava and yeah. I'm gonna piss this guy off.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's, been a, maybe... there's been a
2: few situations where like it's automatic combat, like as soon as you get into range that yeah. I've found a little bit frustrating and I've had to kind of work my way around, like to the point where I've I've definitely blown some invisibility mm-hmm. just to get some people in a better position before moving one character into that range to start that conversation but again the game within the game it would be really nice because
0: there's a thing that um a, a
2: lot of dms
0: do on tabletop and i do have a question remind me before uh before i i move on to another uh tangent uh there's a thing that some dms do that i really appreciate which is like you get into a thing where it's like okay everybody roll for initiative now how are you positioned in the room right? And it has to be reasonable. It's not like, oh, I'm exactly behind the person I want to backstab. No, it's like, okay, which one of you is in front? Which one of you is behind? You know, was one of you headed towards the bar? like you can't, Or you came into this place knowing you were going to be in combat. Like there should be a certain amount of like positioning your characters at the start of combat as opposed to bling initiative. Ha You got stuck with, you know, like one person 30 yards in front and everybody behind.
2: No. Yeah, it's just a little unfair. Yeah, I try to, um, listen, when combat is inevitable and the players have already done something to kickstart combat, uh-huh. I don't generally say then at that point, how are you positioned role for initiative? But what I do try to do is when my players enter a particular space where <sighs> combat is a potential outcome, Mm-hmm. I'll I'll try and try and give them an opportunity to read that and position themselves. Yeah, before I just am like and then they attack you. You know, like I'll, I'll give them the opportunity before yeah. they, the NPCs respond to find the advantageous areas. And going back to the shove thing, um, players in real D anD D. As a DM, I would love for you to consider things like shove uh, more than you do, because it encourages you to interact with and ask questions about the environment that a lot of players don't do. Yeah. You know, and especially uh, now it's a little bit harder when you're playing with a VTT because you tend to look at a map and try and take everything literally. But, you know, if you if you look at that as just sort of a a, a low detail representation, like you know, if you're saying things like, hey, is there anywhere I can shove this guy off? Maybe the answer, I, you know, maybe there wasn't until you asked that question. But I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, they're, they're not standing right at the edge of the cliff or anything. But if you want to get clever about moving this guy and, and pulling him in a particular uh-huh. direction. Sure, there's a cliff there. It would be nice too to see
0: something like uh, something like a, a maneuvering attack uh that battlemasters get, something like that where uh the control that you have over your opponents on the battlefield was a little bit more explicit, right where it's like you you do this and fourth edition like fourth edition gets a lot of bad press, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't really enjoy fourth edition all that much, uh mostly because it it turned everything into a complete tactical game which is fine if you enjoy it too much but just you know like but that's 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 what it was yeah yeah, absolutely
2: but the 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 drag the slog of combat the this little encounter is going to take seven hours yeah so
0: we're having one encounter today because that's what it's going to take and that that could be fine if it's interesting enough but most of the time like i know myself as a dm i'm not talented enough to make that interesting so it didn't really work for me i liked i really like second edition for exactly that reason where everything about the game is so unbalanced that you're not thinking tactically you're thinking about how to move the story forward mm-hmm. so to, to backtrack to the question that i had uh, you said you were underleveled to go into the goblin fort what level did you go in at i'm not well i
1: want to
2: say it was only like
0: three maybe
2: yeah three would be so a little under level maybe it was four
0: yeah because I'm, I'm fourth level and it was a little bit challenging if i didn't break it up first because i took yeah. i took the priestess gut first um and i did actually do that two or three times until i was able to kill her before she called for help mm-hmm. mostly because uh when you exit there's those zentorim merchants and then one of them disappears uh if you don't actually engage them in combat and and I wanted to kill them all I actually went back to see if I could re- if I could um lure them all into that room full of explosives and it Did turns you- out that no I can't okay um, I cast minor illusion in there and one of them came in and immediately said you're not allowed to be in here and it's like yep. well what do you mean I'm not allowed to be in here I cast an illusion in here I'm not even in there. Shut up. Go away. Did you end up killing them all, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They don't have any really interesting loot. There's some nifty stuff (laughs) there, but I I was interested. uh, You made a comment the other day that magic items and loot is pretty, you know, available. And I'm like, really? Because I have, like, a plus one sword. Um, Well, I mean, dude, you're... No, no. I, I and then like literally yeah. in the next 15 minutes of the game, it was like, oh, wow, I have all this magic,
2: yeah. all this magical loot and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it definitely felt more Diablo than than like a tabletop game in terms of a loot, little, but it's fine. It's a game. It's a video game. It's it's a concession you make. Yeah, it, it, you know.
0: It's also one of the things that I, I would like to praise about the way that they did loot is that a lot of their magic items do a thing that I really enjoy doing as a DM, where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a plus one axe, but here's a nifty thing that it does. Yeah. Right. And they they really did that well, where it's like, hey, if you dash, you can you can jump as a as a free action, or yeah. you know, if you're concentrating on a spell,
2: then you know you can do this. Yeah. And some of them are very, very niche in such a way that, like, if you go and take those those sort of odd choices in your spell selection or your character mm-hmm. stuff, like, there's just enough items that cater to almost every particular niche that one of them is going to show up, and you're going to be like, oh, wow. Yep. That's that's great, <laughs> and I'm rewarded for doing something that, you know, most people wouldn't do by... There's, there's one that I really
0: want to use, but it is... It is so what's the word I'm looking for? What's, what's the thing where you do when you munchkin things, you make things really efficient, really. um, uh, Like, like min max. uh, Yeah. Power game. Yeah. But it's, it's so, it is so anti efficient, whatever, whatever the word is. I mean, put the word in the comments below if you're actually listening and, and paying attention. Mm -hmm. Like suboptimal, like suboptimal. There you go. It's, anti-optimal uh i found this this item called gloves of the abyss something like that they're pink like they're they're super super rare it's like oh wow this is really really powerful except the effect on them is basically when you summon a creature your summoned creature has resistance to every damage type except psychic however every turn they roll a saving throw, and if they fail, they attack whoever's nearest, friend or foe, because they go crazy. Chaos and like, for the win. I mean, it's so awesome, and I so badly want to use them, of course, because I have like you know a, a mage who summons a thing. I have Karlak who can summon a thing. I have me who can summon. A- I'm, I'm basically sending a bear out to growl but and distract me.
2: That's one of those situations where like if you know you're going to be getting into one of those... Big encounters where like you it's four versus twenty. Like you're Su- summon the odds run. in your favor, right? Like Yeah.
0: Yeah. Summon it and run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things, like this is one of those uh in the early days of EverQuest where playing a bard was really interesting and bards got nerfed so many times because there were two or three people on Earth who could actually do things to maximize the efficiency of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the in the original game, it was you uh, would sing a song, cast a spell, it takes three seconds. All of your spells take three seconds, uh, which meant that if you went cast number one, and as soon as it's done, you cancel it, cast number two, you would actually have to go one, one, two, two, three, three, and so on and so forth. Every one of those was basically focused by a different instrument. So you could go like you would literally switch out an instrument, cast or sing the song, start the next song, switch out the instrument. Like, but you were just like like click, 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 click. like 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 um, and it, and yeah. that's, this is the kind of thing I don't want to get into where it's like, okay, so I'm going to swap these gloves for those gloves in order to summon the thing and then I'm going to swap those gloves for these gloves in order to, do, nah, I'm not doing that.
2: Nah, and definitely don't need an RPG to feel like StarCraft. No, <laughs> I do not. I do What's not want to look order at... What's
0: like? Oh my God. How many APS are you doing? Uh, yeah. No. Not happening. I am really enjoying the game. Uh, I have noticed, and I, I don't know if this is because uh, I'm doing things slightly differently and I'm just not noticing, but I have noticed that doing the same social interaction a second time will sometimes give me a slightly different response. Mm-hmm. Like the same same flavor of response. It's like, hey, it's a favorable response, but they're, they're using different words. Um, and if that is the case, those poor, poor voice actors... Because they must have put like a hundred thousand hours of
2: voice acting oh, yeah. into this game. Yeah. So, quick update: where I am, uh, I officially hit level twelve, so I'm at cap today. Wow. I and funny enough, you say you're thirty-some odd hours in your playtime. Like I'm only about double that. Oh wow. Um, I've. Uh, I'm gonna avoid major spoilers here. Uh, towards the end of the game, there's three key people and things that you need to deal with. I've dealt with two of them, and then there's the big thing you need to deal with afterwards. And I'm not there yet, but I'm at the point where I'm, I'm wrapping up some of the character stories mm-hmm. for the companions. Uh, I finally got Minsk, <laughs> who you know what? It, 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 this is going to come across funny because we're sitting here praising the voice actors and they're Mm -hmm. fantastic. They're fantastic. Um, For some reason, having Matt Mercer voicing Minsk, uh, it just pulled me out. Like it wasn't that he was bad. It's because he's Matt Mercer. But it was because he's Matt Mercer and it just completely pulled me out. And because it's a character that is so iconic so iconic but also so not Matt Mercer. Yeah. That just it, the the weird combination just it's fine like it, it's fine and it's quite entertaining. But uh but it's uh, no longer a game now it's like spot the star. Yeah. Spot the celebrity. Which I mean there's there's a lot of talented big name voice actors that do work in this game but at no point have I ever been like, "Oh, hey, is that so and so?" Oh hey, is that so and so? And in this particular case, I mean you can't avoid it because it's Matt Mercer. I would say the same thing if like they had Brennan Lee Mulligan doing it or or somebody else. Kiana you know. Reeves. I yeah. mean it was a that was a big problem for me in Cyberpunk,
0: is as like this is Keanu Reeves. And I'm like, okay, this character is an asshole, but it's voiced by K Ke- Reeves. Like this is a bad choice.
2: Yeah, but at least the character was still like it it was it was a, like Keanu Reeves is going back to our conversation about, you know, actors that you do or don't want to meet or celebrities. Like, he's the uh, one I, dude that's the exception to that role. He's like the I nicest would, man in the world. And I would, I would totally meet Keanu Reeves. So, while I don't buy that he could be a Johnny Silverhand, at least it was a character that was created around Keanu Reeves. It wouldn't be like Keanu Reeves trying to play Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it not, it's not Keanu playing like Conan the Barbarian or something like that, right? And that's uh, okay, what having illicit, Matt Mercer. Hang on. Pl- oh,
0: hold on, stop, Hollywood! If you're listening, if you make if you remake the Conan movie with Keanu Reeves as Conan, I'm
2: in. Oh, I'd totally be in too. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yep, but I'd love it. But that's sort of what having Matt Mercer doing Minsk was like, because it was just yeah, you know. Anyway. Um, but I got him. I have to say, while most of the Shadowheart stuff felt flat initially, I just finished her story,
0: and wow! I I uh, Shadowheart is one of the ones I've been having a little bit of difficulty with because her. Uh, concept I guess like her character concept is so antithetical to my personal like I have a real hard time doing the I'm going to try and do a playthrough on this uh, like then after I'm finished doing it one time where I go through as I'm going to try and and really lean into making Lazelle happy happy. not being evil not being neutral but just not not Mm -hmm. worrying about good and worrying about what is the most pragmatic thing to do? Um, but I, ha- I have a real hard time with that. And, and Shadowheart strikes me as, this kind of seems evil. But I just um, sort of to say, I've, I've seen some depth developing in her. I've got to the point where she just asked, like she had the little, you know, I'm a quest NPC above her head. And the thing she told me about was the, the scene where uh, she's been attacked by wolves or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, and please don't tell me whether I'm right or wrong, I'm assuming by what I've seen so far that she's very much in a uh, a position like the Paladin, no, um, Crusader? Whatever his face is in uh, Diablo Three, where it's like, I am all for this, and they've taken out this, and they've taken me and wiped away my evil memories, and now I'm this, and it turns out that, well... No, that's not really the truth. I'm assuming that she's been brainwashed a little bit and she doesn't remember things that came before that because they took her memories away. And it's gonna turn out that, you know, the priest of, priesthood of Shar of is not necessarily as altruistic as she thinks they were. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what, the vibe. What I will I get. say about
2: her character is that like depending on what sort of direction you nudge her uh-huh. and how you encourage her, she can go to one of two extremes, oh, and that's interesting, and it all like it all kind of comes to a head at the end of her storyline um and she's she's basically got like an ultimate decision that she has to make, and it Words, is like yeah, like a like a not not the decision that you would think like she's already she makes that decision and then it leads to another series of events, and then she has. A big decision like a a, like a gut punch decision oh that she has to make and while i felt that the writing for her character and just you know the 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 characterization of her character starts off as flat by the time it gets to this like the the voice acting the talent the even the 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 mocap they did for her her emotions and stuff like it just wah like you know suck the hair out of the room in a good way kind of like holy shit it's a story and it has impact that's nice oh super impact and and like i i've been through uh most of gail's stuff i've been through uh i haven't done all of will's stuff yet Um, he seems like a complicated character there's some fun stuff tied to him i find him as a character a little bit flat now he's actually become a staple in my party uh, i tend to lean on him versus gail um warlocks uh, are more powerful man uh, more powerful and there's just some versatility uh gail i i've run into a few instances now there's times when i have to swap people in right because you're dealing with character story plot questy kind of stuff so you got to have them there and there's there's you know times when you'll need other people for for like tactical things too but um it's it's funny like eldritch blast is a bit of a meme
0: right it's so so like there's so much utility in that one
2: cantrip well just having the the, once you get the pushback on it yep right like that's that's where having the combination of that and oh uh, will can still roll fireballs too like you got yes. both of the meme spells in one character there. Yep. And while I would like some more spell slots, I mean, you know, the benefit of, of being able to short rest scrolls some of them back and, and whatever. Um. Yeah. You know what? I, one thing I haven't done, and it's because I don't use Gale enough, is I haven't had him, like, got some crazy powerful scrolls. Like, you know, I, I think I just found my second or third scroll of Disintegrate, for instance. And I haven't had gale um learn any of those spells i mean you know by the time you get to, to level eight or ten with him like he's he's you know he spells for days he's a wizard right but yes um but there's some of them that like if i were maining him in my party i would probably have him pick up the like pay the gold cost and and learn the spells from the scrolls because you know, wizard. <laughs> I,
0: I've I've had him learn a few spells. Um I actually I usually used my scroll of fireball uh during the, the goblin fort fight because it was required. It's like there's twelve of them in range of a fireball. I'm casting fireball. Like it just doesn't yep. I didn't kill any of them, but I reduced a bunch of them to one and two hit points. So nice. that's that's a big deal.
2: Um I haven't done all of Asturian stuff. He's the one party member I'll say that like I've barely used. I haven't, Met him yet?
0: um There's an interesting thing. I was reading someone's description. I read. I you know what? Uh, remind me for our next episode, and I will actually read you the post from Reddit because I, I saved it. It was a person describing their first. They're uh, they're playing through the game. They're a little bit slow in the game. They're not not even as far as I am at, at this point, And they started on day one, um, because there are three or four of them and they're playing through as a group for their first playthrough. Um, But describing what they do and it's like, okay, so we, you know, we, we met this, this girl in a, in a pod on this, on the spaceship. And we just went, eh, it's not important. We'll just move on. So they left her there. Um, And then they met uh, and then we met this pale dude and, and, you know, he threatened one of us. So we killed him. Um, and then there was somebody who was stuck in a portal and we weren't able to pull him out. So he died. <laughs> and it was just like every single thing that you could do, every, every character. And then, and then we met this, this demon lady and we, and I mean, obviously she's a demon. So we killed her <laughs> and like literally every NBC you're supposed to recruit. They just killed them. And I'm curious if you can go through the game. And at some point, I mean, I'm going to well, play yeah, You're going to get,
2: uh, you don't, you don't have Withers yet. No. Yes, I do. Okay, so you can hire like hirelings, so
0: you can. Yes. Yeah. You can go without them, but I mean, like they're they're a full party on their own, so they don't really need any of the NPCs. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, but it's just kind of funny, like your story is going to be super short because you're not doing any of the the NPC sort of side quest story stuff, and is just just you're like whoever you just kill everybody. Like it would be mm-hmm. fun. Uh, eventually, we'll get to know everything about the game, and we'll do a playthrough. It would be fun to do a group playthrough play where it's just like we're literally just murder hobos. Oh, the other thing, the thing that was really entertaining to me was they got to the druid compound and one of them went, I wonder what this idol thing is. And they just picked it up. <laughs> so the whole druid compound. And they're like, it was a hard fight, but we got through it and we killed them all. <laughs> so they literally wiped out all the druids. I'm like, And the game lets you do it. It it does. I mean, that's it's it's a very wide open sandbox game. But the and that but the funny thing is, is that like to, uh, it's not worth reading now because I've told you everything that's in it. But one of the things is, is like our inventories are getting really full. It's hard to find vendors. It's like well yeah, like the only vendors that I've found so far in are in the druid in the grove. <laughs> and you killed them. <laughs> they're gone. You can't sell any of your stuff. Uh oh. Did
1: you do also, the um
2: sorry just to 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 go back to the goblin compound for a second. Did you do the chicken thing? I did not do the chicken run through. I
0: kind of wanted to, but at the same time I'm 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 in a weird position where I'm trying really hard to role play my character yeah. as I've conceived them and one of the things is my character is a ranger. They're very focused on And not only that, but like I spared the owlbear. So I have to assume that this is that same owlbear. And the only reason that I didn't actually fight the goblin over keeping the owlbear is I looked around and went like there's hobgoblins and goblins and piles of goblins. I don't think I can survive this. If I thought there was a chance I could survive, I would have attacked them over the fact they were holding the owlbear. But it
2: seems like it's probably a really funny, funny, uh, obstacle course run thing well and just what a what a funny thing to run into like this you know this little goblin chick is just like yeah you know killing dudes or whatever that's nothing but you haven't you haven't seen real action until you You chase a
0: chickens
2: here's the thing though have you ever actually
0: chased in real life have you ever chased a chicken i have not i've seen it in real life i have actually chased a chicken and let me tell you this in my youth i was fast Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had agility. I could do all of those things. I was athletic. I could not catch a, a chicken. No. And it, and it, it wasn't like, oh, geez, if I practiced at this, I might be able to. Ch-. Nope. There is no chance in hell I would ever catch a chicken. Yep. They are random and fast and sharp. <laughs> anyway, so
2: yeah. That's oh, you that. ran into the the troll and ogre thing too uh I saw that in the chat.
0: Oh my god. The expression on that on that bugbear's face. <laughs> <laughs> you walk walking and they both look around and it's like oop and then he pulls up his pants. Oh my god. Uh, uh
2: this game is not rated PG-13. And that they put that, like, there's no, like, uh, I would imagine. There's no reason. There's no story. Yeah, there's, there's no, no story. El- it's in a place where, like, uh, 80% of players are never going to see it. Nope. Yeah, you just, oh, hey, there's a little barn there. Oh, hey, it looks there's a door. Let me open it and see what's inside. Oh, I'm interrupting something pretty private.
0: <laughs> yes. You are, and
2: then uh. they went to the trouble to even like mocap the or I don't know if it was actual mocap, but rigging at least for the characters where like your character walks in or at least mine did, sees that the facial expression changes and he just puts his hands up like,
0: ah, uh, I've interrupted something personal. I'm I'm, I tried to leave. I did. I was like, I'll, listen, I'll just shut the door and pretend I was <laughs> for a here. Oh, oh, that was great.
2: Oh. All right. Well, we were supposed to just touch on Baldur's Gate briefly That's before a- moving on to the main topic. We're going to skip the main topic and uh, move right to some table talk, because I'm sure it's going to be related. Your yeah, question? well...
0: All right, well, I so I it is definitely related because I, I was looking at all of the things that happened in Baldur's Gate and how deep it is. Where do your ideas come from? And this also uh, relates to the uh, sort of the nerd fight we've got going on. Uh, where do your ideas come from? Like, how do you create something for your players? And what happens? What do you do? How do you, how do you recover when something goes wrong? Your players do something you're not expecting and go in a direction that is... Unplanned for.
2: It's tough. What I what I don't have is a faucet that I can just <laughs> and ideas flow out of it. Um, a lot of my ideas, like when I do prep work, it's like, oh, here's some themes that I'd like to explore, some tone, you know, I do think sometimes in terms of set pieces, um, not necessarily related to combat encounters, but just in general. Um, for example, my world that I created, like it was, you know, just an idea of like, I want to do post-apocalypse. It isn't post-apocalypse. I want to, I want to do D and D in a world where there aren't wizards standing on every quarter of water deep, pocket magic and, and, and stuff. And I mean, that was the extent of it. And then, you know, put magic players in it and, and, and kind of do a thing. But most of my big story ideas are, are developed as a result of player backstory. You know, I that's it's a cop-out answer. Um, but, you know, I, I have these the sort of the framework that I go and then I, then I look at the p- player backstory and I'll work with the players to try and figure out, okay, how does this fit in the world a little bit? Or I'll have players that just decide, ah, fuck your world. I'm just going to be a, a, a space kitty. and am crashed here. <laughs> I'm sorry it's fine it's fine i was gonna make it work like i i had shit that i was gonna do hell i i had and i don't know if we'll ever get into it now so i'm gonna spoil it okay i had not only do i have shit for your character i have shit for your backup character that i had planned for this world <laughs> wow so do you remember the and i know because uh, i mentioned it when we were doing some other robot related thing i referred to your syntax error warforged thing oh yeah which was that was a an off-the-cuff kind
0: of (laughs) never gonna happen here's an interesting idea for a character
2: so uh in my game and this is gonna spoil it because i I probably won't get back to that particular thing if we do get back into that that campaign uh the thing with the dead rats was him crashed in a in a uh, an escape pod and was, the, the spaceship was weakened. Ah. So, you guys were in the middle of trying to figure out there was a building that was in the middle of being demolished. There was,
1: yeah, looked like
2: an explosion at one point. Well, it was actually sort of an implosion because something crashed into it. You were going to kind of go down and you would find this, he would be turned off. Like it would just be a shell. And my thinking was, well, you know what? If I fucking kill Towson's character, like I could just <laughs> see, because it was your character concept, you're going to have this guy like sitting at a closet somewhere back at your, your, tavern and And he just just wake up up. just wake up (laughs) that's awesome but you know that's an example of you said something or did something i probably gave you enough time to forget about it and then i would have brought it back and i do that with a lot of my players or or i take something that they clearly expect to go a certain way and i twist it like i will take things Mm -hmm. in very different directions but Hopefully, satisfying directions. You know, their 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 friends become their antagonists. Their antagonists become their friends. Their, they their find characters that, that, that
0: their character sheet was taken away become the the big bad in the next campaign. Yeah,
2: yeah, I haven't done that with any of my characters. I Haven't actually haven't had a a player death or um something resulting in loss of control of a, a player yet with that group. But I've done a lot of things like. Uh, just as a rough example, you know, the setup, like I asked my players, hey, give me just like point form notes. What's your character's basic motivations? You know, why uh-huh. are you doing what you're doing? And the setup for both your game and, and my Tuesday night game is fairly similar. You've got this organization that seems to have some sway in the world. They've headhunted you. You've got some skills. Normally you would probably turn this offer down, but I want you to have reasons to accept it. You're looking for something. You you need to, to find out something. Maybe you need to find out something about this company, whatever. So you know, another one of her, uh, my players had a character, for instance, who was masquerading as her sister because her sister was missing, and it was her sister that had actually received the job offer, and she thought there was some sort of connection to this organization because she'd had a brother go missing too, and she oh. she posed as her sister to sort of take this job not to miss the opportunity because her sister wouldn't be able to do it and that turned into a whole thing but then I had the sister character there to do something with right and while she was Mm -hmm. expecting sort of a typical oh my sister's gone missing or whatever I basically turned her not into a bad guy but like a morally gray questionable like vigilante character oh Like, like Batman, if if Batman killed people, so Batman from the the, the Ben Affleck Batman <laughs> movies, Batman from the forties. No, she was doing the thing where, like, she was uh, you know uh, identifying bad people. The systems were failing to provide justice, so she was just getting rid of the bad people. Hawkeye from the uh, Second
0: Avengers movie,
2: sort of, yeah. Um, you know, and it resulted in, in some things like, oh, well, if her sister's out there doing bad stuff and she's pretending to be her sister, then, oh, well, now there's wanted posters of her sister tied to this murder that happened. And she, she ran into a random person in a place who accuses her of killing her son because she saw mm. her. And, you know, just usually most of my ideas come from something at least tangentially related to something my players have established. Um, and that that's more like a, a conscious choice for me in terms of world building and 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 playing. Like I, I sort of set the initial state, mm-hmm. and almost everything else should kind of be a reaction to some sort of player thing. Like I still have things that I want to to shoehorn in to explore. Like I'm a player too, but most of that is going to be twisting their shit into exploring particular themes, particular places particular whatever that I'd like to kind of nudge things towards uh, as a DM. Uh but sometimes I just have a lot of like <laughs> like our show notes for a podcast. Holy shit, I got a session tomorrow night and I don't know what to do. And then you know I'll I'll be in the shower or something. And it's like <laughs> just random things. Just a random thing. They're usually uh what's the 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 term it was popular in like Star Trek, it's like bottle episodes or cave episodes or something like that, where it's just like, yeah, shit, we have no budget. We just need to have something happen in like a single location. And you know, we'll, it'll be neat. It'll be good. Uh, we we do- need to film the room. <laughs> I, I've done a lot of stuff like that. Like, Hey, they're on their way back home to, well, not home, but to, to this place. Cause they've resolved sort of a, a mini arc and they get back and I'm like, I really don't have the next shit plan. So they're gonna get there and find time is stopped. There's a little or bit of something. puzzle they gotta solve. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. whatever. You know, buy myself some time to to think about something that moves the bigger plot a little bit more. And I lean on tropes too. Like that's is oh, one thing God, I would yes. say with with playing uh, tabletop games as a player and as a dungeon master is you know what? It's not. Don't only lean on the tropes, but don't be afraid to lean on them.
0: There was a thing, I was watching uh, Red Letter Media today, which we've talked about before, and they were talking about, they did a thing, um, and I forget the actor's name, but he's an actor that you've seen in the background of every movie that you've ever seen, and they they watched three movies where he was the star.
2: Oh yeah, we just watched that one the other night. Right, and one of the things that
0: Jay Bauman said uh, in that episode was that uh, cliches are cliches for a reason. It's because when they're done well, they work. And that, I mean, that's really what you're describing is that cliches are okay. Cliches are fine. You just don't, you don't do them because they're cliches. You, you lean on them because when, when, when they're appropriate, they're appropriate. Mm -hmm. Just they're, they, they come up a lot. Um, and that for me, my answer is, is much, much simpler is I just steal it from somewhere. Yeah like every good story has been told every story is the same story it's the ugly duckling over and over and over again and you just you you find something if you can find a little twist a little a little
2: bit of something and, different and that's the key thing now i notice uh, this is a trend in video games recently particularly in indie video games not so much like ideas for for story and stuff but like mechanics of games genres mm-hmm. where they're like you know what if we did roguelike, but it was also a collector card game? What if we did, you know, this, but it's also this? What if? What if? And and that's a good approach. Like, take take something that is the ultimate cliche and then find that one little thing that just turns it on its head or makes it a little bit different. Uh, one of my favorite things, and, and uh, I think I've mentioned it before, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it or not, but... Um, Dimension 20, Brennan Lee Mulligan did a a, a mini sort of series. Like most of his his, uh, D&D campaigns are a little bit longer, but it was like a six episode uh, mini campaign called Escape from the Blood Keep. Mm -hmm. And it was the ultimate cliche. Like it was the fantasy cliche. It's what if we did Lord of the Rings? But what if our players were cartoonish parody of the bad guys and it's literally <laughs> literally like you know it starts up they set up they introduce the characters and they're all takes on some of the the B bad guys from like mm-hmm. Shelob and, and, and whatnot from the Lord of the Rings and at the very start they introduce the characters and the, the stand in for, for Sauron dies he's a sigh and the sigh is just like shit fuck 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 and just blows up <laughs> So now you gotta take over and now, to figure now, out now, how to... now the the armies of 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 you know the good guys are, are approaching the blood keep and, and what are you gonna do? And I mean they were all cartoonish characters, and again, with these shows they're 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 gifted voice actors, character actors, or or creators or miscellaneous stuff, so they're not reflective of your average person sitting around a tabletop thing. But that doesn't change the idea that hey, this, you know, what's the most cliched fantasy, fantasy thing ever? It's Lord of the Rings.
0: It's Lord it, of it, the Rings. It
2: wasn't cliched when it was created. It created the cliche. Yeah. And it was just like, well, what if Lord of the Rings, but from the perspective of the bad guys and silly? <laughs> and yeah. honestly, it's some of, the, some of the most enjoyable stuff I've watched. You know, it gets a little bit cringy and a little bit like, you know, some of the characters push past the line into a little bit annoying but that's fine like you know it's it's small doses it's a six six episode thing so that's that's perfectly acceptable yeah and and just the whole idea was just fun so if you haven't watched it check it out i should i will uh it is available on youtube uh so you don't have to worry about trying to subscribe to something or, or illicitly try and find it. Uh, it is one of the, the things I'm not sure if it's on the college humor channel or if it's on the dropout channel, but just search escape for the blood keep. Uh, you'll find a playlist for it and it's all available. It's got Fantastic. Matt Mercer in it as a player, Eric Aishi, um, uh, some of the other dropout slash college humor guys. Um, it's, it's
0: all good. It's entertaining stuff. So I have to introduce a uh, a new segment here where I uh, I discover that I've had a little bit too much alcohol and, and I need to, to exit for a minute. Many, many minutes later. And I would like to clarify, because I know that you're going to leave some portion of that in, that I was not leaving to be sick. I was leaving because I had to pee.
2: I wasn't going to leave any of that in. I was going to cut it out. <laughs> we are the... The absolute model of professionalism here, under the influence. (laughs) We are. One of
0: the glorious things about getting older, though, is that you get to the point where you're less self-conscious about things, and it's just like, uh, you know what, I'm suffering. I'm gonna, gonna go relieve that. Yeah, I would also like to point out there's uh, an interesting thing that has just happened where sometimes the things that we have the least amount of planning for have the most legs. Yep. Like our note for Baldur's Gate is let's talk about Baldur's Gate a little bit. And that was like 40 minutes of us just talking about it.
2: Yeah, I had a whole made up sort of main topic just like last minute, like, oh, hey, here's something we could talk about. Nope. We didn't even get to it. We can put that for next week. Imagine what my description for this video is going to have to be. Uh, uh, three times wasn't enough, so here's another hour of Baldur's Gate. I'm going to have to rename still... the podcast for just the Baldur's Gate show now. <laughs> okay, next week, uh, you know, actual play of Baldur's Gate. Well, that's the funny thing, because you were like, oh, I'm going to read this Reddit post to you, but I'll wait for next week. And I was like, oh, no, we're going to have like a sixth fucking episode of Gate." <laughs> yeah, don't,
0: don't fool yourself. We're going to be talking about your second playthrough next week.
2: Uh, it's rough because Starfield's coming out, and uh, I don't have a computer that I think can play Starfield. My computer's been slowly, slowly dying over the last couple of years. My gaming machine. And uh, like I've been running into some some crashing issues with Baldur's Gate. I don't think it's the game's fault. Um, I think uh, I've it's been pretty good. Yeah. Well, it was fine I for have... the first like two thirds of the game for me. It's only now that I'm in some some bigger zones. and Uh. Now they just made a patch which drastically reduced the the size of the save files. But I think there was like a an issue where not only the save files, but just the amount of like game profile data that was being stored in memory was just bloating up. And as you got further and further into the game, like it got to the point before the last patch where even starting conversations, like I always have a delay starting conversations because my machine is, you know, a million years old now. But it was having an asset loading issue. I don't know. I think my SSD is probably starting to die, but like I'd start conversations and then like, it was kind of funny because all my companions would be naked for about two or three seconds and then they're closing, like they'd pop in. But... (laughs)
0: I don't have that. I do sometimes have a a couple of seconds of pause of just like here's here's the look on everyone's face while I'm waiting for my dialogue option to
2: pop up. Yeah, and I mean you're you're running a pretty beefy PC. I'm still running something from like 2016. It's it barely meets the minimum requirements. i Haven't done any upgrades. I've got the computer that I'm on now, which has a beefier APU in it, but I don't have a discrete graphics card, and I think my video card's dying too. So I, I hesitate to. For a couple reasons, uh, just bring it up into this machine. So I'm gonna maybe buy a video card that I can use up here. But I, I want to do like save up and do a build at some point here in the coming months. Um, if not, it for, could be an episode. Yeah, if not for for Starfield, then probably for the the Cyberpunk expansion. Yeah, I have Starfield for free though because I pay for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Um, there is the option to do the cloud streamed version of it. I might try that out if my machine isn't going to play it natively, but there's some pretty fast-paced shooter segments of it and the extra latency from the the streamed version I don't think will jive. But eh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk about the fact that I'm on... A million-year-old computer and something i used to do is like every year to be an upgrade not a full upgrade but it'd like be incremental upgrades back in our land party days like yep. I, I there was I, always something there was always something and i mean the cost of doing it now and hey i mean I've, I've you know raised four kids and put a bunch of them through school and like it's a thing but
1: here i am being all responsible and adult
0: like I should just splurge, fuck it. I would have back in the day, <laughs> yeah, it's like eating food. I can live without food for a while. I need a new computer
2: it's funny we i just i I didn't say the last half of that sentence this week, but I was close. There's been a conversation with my uh my wife about I need new underwear, I need new shorts, and I like blew the or the laundry machine actually blew it like the ass out of. One of my pairs of shorts, and I don't have that many left. And I've got underwear that, like, they're they're skirts, effectively. <laughs> uh, yeah. And she's like, "That's it. We're going shopping." And I'm like, "Yeah, but you know, I mean, I've got some shorts, and and they cover the 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 skirts that I'm wearing for underwear." Because in my head, I'm thinking, "Well, you know, I mean, I could go spend a hundred bucks on clothes, but that's like part of a video card or part of an." <laughs> And I, yeah, and I didn't yeah. say that to her at the time. I knew she was probably thinking it, and if she listens to this, obviously she's just gonna know now. But these are the things that are in my head. Like, I haven't, I haven't treated myself to a gaming computer upgrade of any kind since 2016, and uh, it's time. I'm, I'm at the point where like there's just games I won't be able to play, mm-hmm. and I got to that point the last time. I can't remember what it was, but um, this time it's, it's, it's been a while. Man, like I'm running a like a, an old i5-6600K, which is four core, four thread, no hyper threading. Uh, only recently, aside from like the, the, the crashes and like degradation, I think it's dying, but my uh, uh, GTX 1070, which was, you know, the mid high end that I usually targeted oh. at the time was great. Uh, it's now finally getting to the point where like, it's not, or just meeting the minimum requirements. Um, Still a pretty good card. Oh, it's, it's, it's adequate. Like, you know, and if I, if I weren't playing, it's been a, it's been a, yeah, it's been a hell of a, hell of a couple of years, like from, from Cyberpunk to Starfield to Baldur's Gate 3 to even playing my little factory sim games, like Satisfactory, it's like my machine is just really showing its age yep it's time yep it's time hey uh ian has a pod bag question that i know you're looking forward to oh yeah you've got mail spiders mice snakes etc What creatures just give you the willies beyond belief? When did you first experience this fear of them? And can you decipher why you are afraid of them? I can.
0: I have very, very specific memories and reasons why. I think I've told you before, but I I haven't, I don't know if I've told the world at large, frogs give me the willies. Hmm. Um, And it wasn't always the case. Uh, When I was a kid, I used to, you know, um, it's a, a typical, stereotypical, uh, you know, young boy thing, wandering into the marshes and whatever, and rivers and water and catching frogs. Because they're interesting to look at. Uh, I watched a horror movie called Frogs, um, and it was uh, the the sort of... The shtick of the movie was is that you know like nature strikes back kind of deal where there's an island and you know turtles and alligators and frogs and things just overrun the island and it's a terrible movie. It's absolutely awful. I highly recommend you don't ever go watch it. Uh, nothing in the movie is scary. It's all very very stupid. But the cover art for the Uh, for the movie is a giant frog with some arms and legs sticking out of its mouth Uh, and my imagination got me to the point where i was thinking okay so frogs don't really have teeth they do kind of have proto teeth uh, but they don't really have teeth so frogs swallow things and then you're inside this sort of fleshy sack full of acid, just being slowly digested while you're conscious. And I had a nightmare about it that normally I don't I don't remember things like that. Like you you have a nightmare, you wake up, you forget it pretty quickly. This one has stuck with me. And I had this nightmare when I was six or seven years old, uh, which is you know, now like forty some years ago. And I still remember, I, I vividly remember the sensation of basically being stuck in a garbage bag full of acid and being slowly digested as I can, like you can feel all of it. So it's
2: like having your own itty bitty Sarlacc.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's the memory that I have. And the reason that frogs give me the willies, I'm not scared of them. Uh, they just, they just, because I can, every time I see one, I, I remember that feeling.
2: There's lots of things that give me the willies. So I guess we can need to define, like, there's low-level willies, and then there's the willies. Like, Tanya's a, a really, really, like, big arachnophobe, and so was my sister growing up. So I, I always had spider duty. I don't like spiders myself. Like, given the choice, like, I, I wouldn't, like, let one crawl on me. I know there's people that, you know, have pet spiders and they pull out their tarantula and it's crawling all over them and stuff. No, I I wouldn't do that, but I'm not afraid of them. Mm-hmm. But I would say that that same level of just willies that I have for spiders, I have for a lot of things, like a lot of insects, like praying mantis is one that just like, if if you ever look at one close and it doesn't give you nightmares, there's probably something wrong with you. They're one of the most alien-looking creatures on our planet. Yeah, and, I think they're fine. Oh, they're, they're absolutely fine, and they're, they're harmless. And most of the things that give me the, the minor-level willies are harmless. Things like snakes, things like, you know, just a lot of things that's like, yeah, uh, I just don't want to touch it, you know? Mm-hmm. But there is one thing that absolutely gives me high-level heebie-jeebies like high level. And I I attribute this to like a, a biological genetic instinct type thing, as a lot of fears are dead things, specifically dead mammals. Like I'm fine touching a dead fish. I'm fine scooping up a dead insect or whatever, but mammals, people, like the instant they pass, it could be, you know, I've, I've, I've had a lot of pets. Like over the years, I'm an old guy now, and we've always been animal people. And you know, unfortunately, had to have situations where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with an animal that's on its way out, and I'm with them in that last minute, and I'm, you know, touching them, holding them, patting their head, and then the moment, the flicker, you know, goes out from their eyes. There's just an instant like physical revulsion to 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 touching them to like if I'm taking them out and 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 burying them, you know, doing the nice grave thing like I have to immediately have them wrapped up in like a towel or a blanket or something. I can't touch them. I can't so going to things like uh wakes, right, where typically you know it's an open casket thing you're expected to go up and and it's. That's always been difficult for me, and um, you know, I, I was, I've unfortunately, you know, I'm at that age where people are passing all the time, and and like my father died. Oh, I guess it's seven or eight years ago now, and um, you know, that's just one of those situations where like you you can't you can't be standoffish at that wake. You know, I was in the hospital with him as he passed. Uh, Tanya, my sister, like kind of the whole sort of family was there when he passed and you have to say your goodbyes and stuff and it's just such a wall of physical revulsion that like it's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life was when my dad passed to touch him Mm. and I get that there's like you know there's probably very good built-in sort of biological instinctual things right like often dead means disease uh-huh. and you know avoiding touching dead things probably leads to <laughs> a higher rate of 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 survival and 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 reaching reproductive ages and passing on genes so i get why people would feel the way that i do but it is one of the only things that like sets me off so much that it is a visceral, physical reaction, Uh you know, like I could,
1: I think I could, you know,
2: kill a person, like actively take part in, in, in causing somebody to die more easily than touching somebody after they've died. And that's not to, uh, you know, say something bad about me. Like, I'm not, a, not an aggressive, violent person. I, I do think that, you know, there's probably some people out there that need dying. You know, there's some bad people. And if I was put in a position where, hey, defending my family or whatever, like, you know, I don't, don't own guns. I don't carry knives. Like, I'm not that type of guy. But if I had to kill somebody with my bare hands to protect my wife or my kids or, or whatever, I would certainly do it but somebody else would have to have to move the body, move the body afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably clean up the blood. If there was blood, I could probably, you know, but just the, the physically touching the body, ah, I can't do it.
0: Well, I mean, that's probably a fairly reasonable revulsion to have,
2: you know, and, and it's probably related to, to things like people that, you know, arachnophobia or afraid of snakes or like, it's, it's similar. I'm sure. You know, I, I don't know that there's a like a single traumatic experience that I could sort of say kick that off. I mean, the first dead family member that somebody expected me to touch. I was like, nope. We have some kind of
0: odd rituals around death in our society that when you when you look at them impartially. Like, why did why do we need to look at them after they're dead? Right? Why does there why does there need to be a casket? Well, and I I mean, get, closure is a thing
2: for sure. Hey, but. And and I get that it's completely hypocritical. Like I eat a steak.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, like I I would I would not want to touch a dead cow, dying like dead. It's whole, you know. But I mean, as I soon as you chop it up, it's fine. Like I I get that, it, but but that in my head, you know, in terms of some sort of. Whatever it is that sets me off is very, very different, and it is hypocritical, and I completely recognize that. You know, well, phobias
0: are by definition irrational. If they were Absolutely. rational, you'd be able to go, well, this because that will this therefore that. If you yeah. can't do that, it just is what it yeah. is.
2: And I, you know, I, I admit that I in ignoring this, I find the the. The pastime of sports hunting, Mm. quite like it, turns me right off. And I know some people are into it, and and you know I don't equate. Well, if you needed to, you know, survive and you're on an island, would you not hunt? That's something completely different. That's a survival thing. Recreational hunting for the joy of it is something that's completely different. And even without the idea of having to to handle the body of an animal that has just been killed, I would still find it distasteful but more so um but it only seems to really apply to to mammals like i, I can fish you know and i, and I can mm. i can clean a fish and and that's fine um i i pull apart a lobster that i've cooked you know i just
1: anything with eyelashes yeah mm.
2: Anyway, thanks, Ian, for that wonderful question. Yeah, give us something a little more cheerful next week, would you? Yeah. Hey, speaking of cheerful, uh, you've got a good recommendation for parting gifts. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
0: Anybody want a peanut? This is a thing um, very similar to the uh, the parting gift you gave in the last episode where it's like you kind of you kind of wonder if you don't know about this. Where have you been and are you even on
2: yeah. the Internet? Yeah, if you're listening to our show, not because you're related to us or family or your loved ones, but like because you're a nerd and you haven't run across this. You need to go check it
0: out right yeah. now. Uh, and it is the XKCD comic. And I forget the name of the guy who does it uh randall Monroe, randall yeah uh you mentioned something earlier that was very much uh sort of in vain with that too of like what if because he's he's,
2: pre- uh, he's got two he's got books second now second out? book out now yeah
0: yeah called what if where he just asks crazy questions and then goes or someone has asked him a crazy question that he doesn't have the answer to and he goes and finds an expert and then he's published two books um i haven't bought them yet uh they are on my wish list for people who want to buy me things for christmas so somebody wants to buy me things
2: for Christmas? Yeah, I don't, I don't have them yet either. Uh, Avid reader. It's not one of those ones I used to read every day. Well, uh-huh. every, every comic. Um, now it's one of those things that, you know, once every couple of months, I'll go back and, and binge a bunch until I find some that look familiar, and then I'll stop.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to hit the
2: random button because there's a bunch of them I haven't seen. Oh, dude, there, there's thousands of them at this point. Yeah, for, for those of you that haven't run into it, he's one of the original stick figure web comics, particularly yep. the ones that have a, a science bent. Um, smart, smart dude. Like he is is. I don't even remember what his background is. He's, he definitely has an engineering background of of some sort, and. Um, has a way of 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 explaining things like in an educational perspective just like finding the interesting angle to yes. to get you thinking about something but he's also got a very weird sort of he's a nerd he's a nerd but like sometimes he just does things and and he finds the right chord the the right string to pluck with me sometimes and he'll do something like i've cried at an xkcd comic before
0: There's there's definitely some sentimentality involved in those kind of
2: things. Yeah, I mean we started off our last episode talking about our, our thing with anthropomorphized animals. And that's one thing he really does a good job of like taking nerdy things and um humanizing them. Humanizing them. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. whether it's direct anthropomorphization or just connecting it to human emotions in one way or another. And he's uh He's quite good at that. For a nerd that draws stick figures on the internet, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. there's He's very good at
0: finding a way to make you think about things in a different way. mm mm-hmm. Which is, you know, useful in everyday life.
1: So, yeah. It's good. It is good.
0: Hey, it's been good talking to you again yeah for sure it uh for for
2: not having much of a plan we sure talked a lot we sure did uh i didn't get a chance to to mention it last episode so i will mention it this episode uh we would love to hear from you uh if you have pod bag questions you'd like to send uh, maybe some user submitted parting gifts fire us an email podbag at nerding the under, nerding under the also that's on, uh, brand. <laughs> that's on brand also as a plug we've uh, just recently kicked off a new sort of side series uh tentatively called nerd fights until it's called something else uh check out our youtube channel also called nerding under the influence you'll see a playlist there essentially we have uh A mildly competitive uh, little competition thing going. Uh, We just did round one. We've each submitted a video uh, according to random criteria. If you listened to last episode, you know what that's all about. Uh, We'd love it if you take the time to listen and uh, give us a like uh, if you have a favorite. If you don't have a favorite or you like them both, uh, like both vids. That will help us out a ton. Uh, We both... For such a silly little activity put a fair bit of of heart and and uh energy into it and uh that kind of feedback would be great if you have a moment to drop a comment in that'd be much appreciated too but uh hey if not all you're doing is listening to this episode that's good enough for me as well yeah it's
0: fantastic especially i would really like for someone to suggest something for me to drink because i'm obviously terrible at making those choices on my own
2: have you ever done black Russians? I think I know I know you're have. not a vodka guy, but do you have Kahlua in the house? Because you've got I that vodka not. you need to get through. Um, there's, there's actually not much of it left. Okay. <laughs> Most of it disappeared tonight. Well, the next time you uh, find yourself with vodka that needs to be disposed of, uh, just get yourself a, a small bottle of Kahlua. Uh, mix them even. They're better cold. Uh, if you order them at a bar, you'll get a maraschino cherry in them, and it does change the flavor. It is better with the cherry, mm. and it is better with a straw. The straw is actually an ingredient, but I just I'm fine drinking just the vodka and Kahlua, Uh cold, on ice right. if you have to. Uh, tasty drink, but it is one of those drinks that's just super dangerous. You know, it's, like they, they it's, go it's, down it's, easy. Well, they go down easy, and, and you're not mixing it with anything that isn't also alcohol. <laughs> it's right? alcohol
0: diluted with more alcohol yeah
2: slightly yeah. less strong alcohol but alcohol nonetheless and uh, you only have to drink one and you'll feel it drink yep. two and, and you're in a good spot and personally uh, if we're going to kick off uh, nutty after dark uh, black russians would be a good way to do it
0: well, we'll, we'll uh, yeah we, we need to think about nutty after dark is the flip the little switch that says this is for 18 plus.